you know, you're watching a football game and there's a play action fake. And the cameraman goes with the cameraman gets yeah. fake. Too, he goes yeah. with the running back, and then there's the quarterback rolling out. You know what I mean? You're catching moments in time. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you miss that moment, you're getting grilled. Welcome back to the Rough Cut Club. I am your host, Joey Nakotra, here today with a very special episode. Joining me with my co-host, Mr. Shane. Right, Zammer. Shane, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Excited to be in the podcast today, getting to hear all the great things. All the great things, man. All uh, the great <laughs> things. I didn't want to announce our... I was going to let you announce it's our, okay. uh, our, our guest. Yeah, well, we got a super, super exciting guest uh, that I met back in NAB all the way out in Vegas. We've already partied Ooh. together. We've torn up Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, other than we got to uh, connect, and now he's joining us here live in the studio in Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Parker, with Behind the Broadcast, man. Dude, thank you so much. It's a, it's honestly an honest uh, pleasure to be here. I'm super stoked to be on this podcast. It's honestly surreal. I can't believe I'm on a podcast right yeah. now talking about something that kind of just happened in my life that I created. Um, It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we're (laughs) excited to have you here, man. Uh, Just a little like behind the, uh, I guess, scenes, if you will. Parker and I actually met, I guess, like month, two months ago, something like that. two months ago. At like NAB. NAB. But what's really weird is... uh, he he is now married to a childhood like super close friend close of mine. Friend, yeah, neighborhood friend. Neighborhood right? friend. She lived like probably five or six houses down from me. Met yeah. her in like probably first or second grade. It's so funny too because yeah, uh, my wife's name is Alex, and Alex would always tell me, "You got to meet my friend Joey. He's a film. He's like a film guy. He's a cinematographer." Yeah. <laughs> And you know, you you hear that. Sure. And, and you're like, okay, cool. He has a camera, like yep. he shoots. Maybe he does like a wedding video here. Yeah, and there. yeah, yeah. And uh I was like, Yeah, like we can meet up sometime. Sure, and yeah. then we met at NAB. And then um I was like, Oh man, this dude's the real deal. <laughs> I was so like, sick. I was like, this kid's killing it. He's you know, however old you're yeah, 30 yeah. years old, 29 years old, yeah. like and just you know, you have your own <laughs> podcast, you have your own, you know, film company, Appreciate doing it, all man. these great things. I was like, this dude's legit. And then I was looking at your Instagram. I was like, holy crap. He has a podcast. <laughs> so tight. Uh, and then one of the things that I've been wanting to do is try and do a podcast or come on a podcast. I'm actually pretty nervous being on a podcast. <laughs> uh, he was not nervous at all until we hit record. Yeah, just, until that red button, red, <laughs> yeah. red light went on. Um, yeah, because this is really my first time ever being on a podcast, especially in person. And um Putting my face behind the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, I've always stayed anonymous. Um, that's why I'm like a behind-the-scenes guy because I don't like being – <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't like my face on the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so this is like a really big step for me. Um, I'm no professional. I I'm, I know what I'm talking about, but, you know, I'm not an expert in broadcast, but I'm going to try and share as much knowledge that I can with you guys to help um, educate and uh, bring more light to how broadcasting works. I love it. That's bro. awesome, man. I'm super pumped. Uh, two two things. One, isn't that the truth? Every all of us camera guys, directors, producers, everybody, we don't want to be in front of the camera. No. Man. This <laughs> was really hard when Joey and I started talking about this podcast two years ago. Joey probably was leading the way with it, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Long as you host, buddy, you yeah. do the most of the talking. Yeah, dude, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. I mean, we can talk and hang out, and have fun, and then the second that red light's on, it's just like. Whoa, it's totally yeah. different. which you know gives a lot of respect to the people that are in front of the 100%. camera because, um, 
you know, I'm trying to shed light on people behind the camera, but it takes a lot of guts and a lot of, you know, quick thinking to be in front of the camera. Yep. And uh, a lot of, per se, balls to yeah, get in front of the camera. Yeah. So shout out to those everyone that's in front of the camera. But today we're talking about the people behind the scenes. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it does give the people behind the scenes the appreciation for the people, like you're saying, yeah. right? Like it even helps, like as a director, it helps you realize, like once you're in front of camera, yeah. you go, oh, I, I realize so certain things yeah. like mess up your flow Dude. or you need that mental space and distraction. There's so many things right. you learn from being in front of the camera, even though if we hate right. doing it. <laughs> I mean, and not to take anything away from this podcast, I mean, we're probably speaking to an audience of, I don't know, if if my if my following gets a hold of it, a couple hundred thousand people. I was just shooting the US Open last week. There's millions and millions, millions of people yeah, <laughs> watching my camera live. And if I screw up, you know, everyone's gonna know. Mm, mm. But that's millions of people. Now I'm in front of the camera and I'm like so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> people, you know, checking it That's out. Awesome. So. Well, dude, we're uh, one. Thank you for breaking the ice uh, and putting your face uh, in front of the camera. Yeah. What's funny is I actually struggle with the desire to be in front of the camera, but also behind the camera. <laughs> well, you, got, you got the good and face, I, man. You got a face for I got camera. a face for, face for radio. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I th that's actually what got me into filming is being in front of the camera as a mm. skateboarder okay and it's different because it's you know i'm trying to capture stuff uh that's uh, it's documentarian in a sense but it's capturing athletics yeah so it's a little bit different but i grew up being in front in front of the camera okay yeah and so i think maybe that's why i'm a little bit more comfortable <laughs> but it definitely you know when you're acting yeah acting is a totally different bag like in the in in the cinema space oh man. yeah it's like well, I, joey you're a firstborn <laughs> child too right yeah you're the oldest is yeah that, so of course is there something like, to that bro yeah attention <laughs> okay, okay yeah you, yeah you gotta, you gotta show up yeah <laughs> i'm okay. a firstborn child too so Made oh, that, made that. Yeah, that's oh, it. There you go. Y'all both can do it. See, I I'm a middle born. I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm just getting like slammed <laughs> yeah. in the middle. That's good. I'm sitting between both of you guys. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah, 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 it all makes sense now. Well, dude, we want to we want to dive into your story. Yeah. Uh, and so before you were a super celebrity on super IG, celebrity. <laughs> uh, talk talk to me about like intro into your filmmaking Shoot. journey, man. All right. So uh, it dates back to high school, I guess. Um, kind of like what we were talking about being in front of the camera, you know, every high school has their um, media class where, you know, you do the morning news. Uh, I went to Park City High School. And so um, we have like the morning minor news or something like that. Yeah. And um, everyone kind of gets, you know, they rotate the position. So you can be a cameraman, you can be a TD, you can be a director, you can be a talent all these different things. And uh, I did the talent a couple times, you know, telling you what the weather was like, you know, or whatever it was, or the, the, what the high school score was. Um, but then uh, I kind of really kind of fell out of the, being in front of the camera and then wanted to be behind the scenes. And then, um, so that kind of, that was my introduction was high school. And then um, I knew I kind of wanted to take it somewhere. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I was an athlete. Um, so <laughs> we can tell. Guy, we can tell. This guy's got some guns. Yeah, I see. <laughs> no, so um, so I always I played sports. I played baseball. Played football um, my whole life. And uh, I, you know, when I realized I wasn't good enough to take it to the next level as a D one athlete or a professional athlete for that matter, um, I was thinking, you know, how can I find myself in these um, in on these stages without being that athlete. And so I kind of pursued broadcast or television. And um, 
my mom had a friend uh, who lived in L.A., and he was like, hey, uh, come out to L.A. Um, you know, maybe we can try and find you an internship out here. So I was looking at schools in L.A. Uh, UCLA and USC and LMU were my top three. Um, they're all so expensive. Mm. And so mm. especially when you're coming out of state. Mm. And so I found a home at – it's a massive college, but it's more of a commuter college. And it's uh, called Cal State Northridge. Uh, people know it by CSUN. It's got D1 basketball, D1 soccer. It doesn't have a football team, so not many people know about it. I started taking classes um, for television. But when you go to school, when you go, you know, go to college and you, you pursue this career path, um, there's not really a specific, like, sports broadcasting. You know what I mean? It's, so the course I took was uh, Cinema, Television, Video Arts, CTVA. And it was more for shows like uh, The Big Bang Theory or Boy Meets World where, like, you're in a studio mm. and there's multi-camera studio shows. So those were the classes that I took. Um, and similar to high school, in these classes, you know, you would rotate between producer, director, cameraman, whatever. Um, and then you would make these, like, the professor would give you an assignment. Your assignment would be, you know, you, there's four. They they'd break up the class of like 40 people in like five different groups or something. And then they would say, hey, you guys need to make your own uh, TV show. And then we'll film it. We'll film an episode of this made up TV show. And for whatever reason, everybody asked me to be their cameraman. <laughs> like They're <laughs> like, Parker, will you cameraman for us? Parker, will you cameraman for us? And so then I just was like, yeah, I, so I kept being a cameraman for them. And then um, the sports program was doing a whole new remodel on the basketball arena. And they put in all new Sony 2500 cameras, I think it was, and a whole new like switcher and big screen uh, jumbotron in their, in their arena. And I was the first one to be asked. I said, hey, Parker, do you want to come shoot basketball? And I was like, Thank you, because <laughs> I do not like I do not like shooting this multi-cam, you know, um, uh, you know, style show. So that was my introduction to sports. So then I started shooting um, college basketball and CSUN. Like I said, it's a D1 sport or D1 school, but they don't get very much exposure. Um, so we would have like these smaller like productions come in like Fox Sports West or ESPN, not one. Not two, but ESPN three, three. <laughs> which was basically just a, like a web, you know, web streaming. Right. And it was very new at the time, web streaming. This is mm. in 2011. So ESPN three just started. Um, and so uh, they would kind of work alongside me. I'm just like a, a college cameraman shooting for the, the Jumbotron. But then I'd have this guy sitting right next to me um, who was shooting for ESPN three or Fox Sports West. And so then I'd be like, hey, dude, I'm shooting the same thing you are. Do you think there's any opportunity for me to come work with you guys? Because right now, I'm working three hours a day at $10 an hour. <laughs> I was yeah. like, $30 is great for beer money in college. Yeah. But, you know, you, you do it twice a week, but 60 bucks a week, you know. It ain't cutting it. It ain't cutting it. And so that's kind of the very beginning of my networking um, and then, yeah, it worked. Uh, ESPN three was like, yeah, we, we could, we could use another camera guy. You know, you have to travel, um, you know, within the Southern California range of like Orange County to Santa Barbara. 
awesome. What's the rate? A hundred dollars. I was like, yes. That's a lot of beer, man. That's a lot of beer. Yeah. So it was like a hundred dollars for 10 hours. I'm like, where, where, where do I sign up? Yeah. And dude, that's just kind of how it works. So then it went from ESPN three and then it went, you know, to Fox sports and then these different things. And then I got out of college. This was kind of all in college. And I got out of college and ESPN three at a hundred dollars wasn't working. And I was, and I was starting to think big. I'm like, I want to start doing the NFL. Mm. I want to do, you know, these bigger, these bigger shows. I was like Google searching, like how to get sports jobs. And then there was this crewing company called Ming Entertainment. And uh, they had announced that they had just like, they're, they're starting to break into the industry and, and, and crew for people. And, but there was not camera jobs. There were PA Mm. and utility. And so I went from being a cameraman straight to a PA and uh, to do the bigger shows. And that, and then, you know, once I became a PA, then it all, you know, had to rebuild my whole career back up. Wow. Um, and, you know, we can talk about more where I, where I am now today, but I've been talking a lot. What do you guys have Dude, to say? That's awesome. Dude, man. I have a, a lot to yeah. unpack there. Yeah. One, that's a super cool like journey and trajectory. Yeah. R- real quick, like what year did you graduate college? I graduated college in 2014. 2014. So what the program that I went to school at was called Radio, Television, Video, and Film. Okay, yeah, very and, similar. And, and so I did uh, some like broadcast stuff in school as well. Yeah. And the problem for me was that that wasn't my route that I wanted to go. Right, right. Like I, I was more in touch with the cinema stuff, which we did, but we covered a lot of the broadcast stuff. And so I got to learn um, and experience like being in the studio, being behind those cameras, live switching right, and all live that switching, stuff. Right, live switching, yeah. And so my question for you is you went and did the the, the school route. Yeah. Do you – and you networked and kind of built your career from networking right. in those smaller jobs to get started. Right. Do you feel like college was an integral part? No. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've been asked this many times and running this page behind the broadcast, I'm honestly asked on the daily, how do I get in the industry? You know, how do I meet people in the industry? How do I, you know, get jobs? And um, if you are in school, it's great. Kind of go my route where you you where you get your hands on the equipment and you kind of network from there. Um, but I've got a close friend, um, Glenn, who I was 23 when I started really breaking into the industry. He was 18. He didn't go to college. He didn't have he didn't have uh, college debt, student debt. Um, and he was four years. He's now four years ahead of me because he went straight into TV mm. and got the experience right away he knew someone that helped him in but i think experience is king when it comes to television i'm sure similar to to, to to camera work yeah i mean we can learn all these different things in college but like maybe 10 percent of it is applicable to what we deal with right. now so it's really about getting your hands on the equipment and then um, gaining the experience because you you can't you don't know how how it is until you're yeah. in it. Mm. Well, and 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 I would agree with that a hundred percent, especially on the cinema side of things. Yeah, uh, and doing the filmmaker route and whatnot. But I was curious on the broadcasting yeah. side. No, it's it's the, it's the same deal. Yeah. It's like it's like get your hands on the equipment 
and then run with it and network. I love everything it, is networking. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I think I think that's what you know a lot of times is missing is the networking, and you can only do so much in your college. And then the other thing that I experienced, and I graduated '09, so it was even farther back. Mm. But it was uh, the gear, man. I mean, gear changes every three to six months. Yeah, and yeah. so we were working on stuff that you know when we got out of school. It, it, that was ancient dinosaur you know? cameras, and bro. so yeah. it's like you know if you want experience on a red and a you know Ari or anything like that or a broadcast cam that they're actually using, totally. you got to get on those sets and work your way up. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. networking, being in the right room, which you know honestly the school did provide you that room. You know what I mean yeah, to it, network because it, it did. Yeah, the, it provided me the room and it provided me you know the space and the opportunity to network. Yeah, but there definitely is nowadays like you can just find a crewing company. Mm-hmm. Um, which I will be talking about a lot more later. Um, and then you can get you can get like a, a PA job or something, and then you're already in. And then you just kind of you learn and you watch people and you just mind your P's and Q's. You don't get in anybody's way, but you just kind of watch how people work. And that's really how you can climb in this industry. Yeah, and and I would add to that, like one of the biggest values in being that PA, like when you're getting started, yeah. is the absorbing piece where you don't have you a lot be a of sponge. Res- you have to be a sponge. You don't have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders as a PA other than to go get water and help when someone asks you yeah, to help. Exactly. And so you get to literally just learn. It's a, it's a paid opportunity to learn on set when you get that first PA yeah. role. Uh-huh. And so I, I think that's cool. Even in your industry that you get to go PA and just absorb. Like, yeah all of the process and climbing the ladder. Well, I'd add to that PA piece too for PAs that are out there listening. Also, ask how you can help too. 100%. Proactiveness yeah, on yeah, set. Yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah, be proactive. Like, don't ever sit down. Don't be on your phone. Always ask yeah. uh, anybody around you, how can I help you? How can I make your job easier? Yeah. How, what can I learn? What can I do? What can I get for you? Initiative is the yeah. one key identifier that separates other PAs from other PAs. Well, and I call 100%. them again. I'm going to go, dude, I want that yeah, PA on my helped. set. And yeah. you know what? Maybe you can learn camera. Maybe you can learn G&E. You, know, you yeah. can work your way up because yeah. you're proactive. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, exactly. So kind of where I am now in this in this industry and in, in my career path, um, I've, I've worked my way up. I've worked, I've worked like two world series of nice. two NBA finals, so countless epic. us opens. Um, it's been very like privileged and like fruitful for me. And I'm, I'm super thankful of where this has taken me. Um, but kind of what we are saying now I work for Monday night football and I do, uh, small I, flex. <laughs> so yeah. So every, every week during the football season, um, I'm in a new city doing Monday night football studio show. And what I do is uh, I work with like a team of like one or two people, and we uh, help all the connectivity for all the cameras, all the uh, all the monitors. We um, yeah, so we just help with all the connectivity, getting all the all, everything working. Um, but I also lead the local cr- people that come in and help us mm. because there's like a the way it works is there's a travel crew, that, a core crew that that knows the show. But then they'll bring in extra help that work locally. Mm. Um, and so now I'm kind of in a position where when these local people come to, come and help me out, I can say, all right, this dude was good right here or this female was great right here. I would love to have her, you know, next time we come to town. Or this guy didn't take any initiative mm-hmm. um, and he sat on his phone the whole time and I don't want to see him here again. And so, yeah, that kind of goes back to what you were saying. It's just like people that are going to take initiative and show – passion and respect to like where everyone else is doing 
those are the people that are going to make it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a question going back to the college uh, yeah. thing. So, and I remember, like, I, I, I had, like, this identity of, like, what do I want to do? Like, what exactly, what part of the film process? And you mentioned that everybody asked you to be the camera guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So was that always, like, the vision for you? Like, dude, I love doing camera? Or is it, like, I want to direct or I like TV? No. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of like a self-manifested thing where hmm. I did really enjoy being behind a camera because, um, like, when I played sports, when I played football, I was a corner. When I played a corner and a wide receiver. When I played baseball, I was a center fielder. You know what I mean? So I was I can always been able to read action very mm. well and kind of know what people are doing before they do it. And yeah. so I think that's kind of what makes me be kind of good at what I do is because I can anticipate. I'm really good at t- anticipating things. And I was going to say that That's that awesome. is one of the main I like identifiers in my opinion of what goes into really being a broadcast operator yeah. is the anticipation. Anticipation is for sure. And and it's mm. the same thing in like run and gun filmmaking yeah. where as a as a run and gun filmmaker shooting events yeah. or weddings or or things like that you have to be able to anticipate mm-hmm. when something is going to happen so that you can capture it when it only happens once. Exactly. And I feel like in the broadcast space, that is the thing that really separates one camera operator from another one. Exactly, yeah. So it's all anticipation. Especially so, sports where you have to anticipate where a ball is going to be thrown or yeah, hit. Yeah, and, and that really comes from my sports background is like when you're, uh, you know, when you're a, a fielder in baseball – like you're watching for when that ball before the ball is hit, you're watching where that ball is going in the strike zone. Right. Because if it's going outside, chances are that ball is going to be hit left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it's if it's inside, the batter's going to probably pull the ball, so it's going to come left. You know, it's going to left. Or if you're a free safety or wide receiver or linebacker, you're reading you know the quarterback's eyes. You're reading you know where the running back is going. You're reading the lineman. So you can use all those different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help your camera work in live sports because yeah. you're catching moments in time. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you miss that moment, you know, you're getting grilled. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're like, you know, so. Well, especially when they cut to your camera live yeah. and like you just miss the shot altogether. Yeah, it's well, yeah like, like, like how many times have you seen like, you know, you're watching a football game and there's a play action fake. Mm. And the cameraman goes with the cameraman gets yeah. fake. Too, he goes yeah. with the running back, and then there's the quarterback rolling out. You know what I mean? So it happens. I mean, and that's why they're professionals. But um, you know, to try and just anticipate action and and be prepared for what's coming next. You always, yeah. your mind's got to always be on the next play. Love it. You know what I mean? So, is there anything else that that you feel like really separates? a broadcast camera operator other than the anticipation piece? Uh, yeah, we're not as creative as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys, uh, you guys are, you guys make beautiful picture. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys are working with lighting. Um, you guys are working with, you know, a whole team to make one shot, you know, beautiful. And you guys are going to work an hour to maybe even a whole day on one shot to get that right mm. lighting, to get that right shot. Where in broadcast, um, we don't have lighting. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll kind of go into a little bit more of how that, how all the cameras are lit and how brightness happens and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so you know, we we are just we're capturing. We're we're literally just capturing moments where, where you guys are cr- kind of creating moments. I would say and and creating like art. <laughs> and you know, we can we as cameramen, 
you know, we try and we try and our best to like make shots artistic where you can do like rack focuses from, you know, off a helmet onto a referee or, you know, or you can crash zoom or crash something zoom like that. Or yeah, like yeah. hit a sunset, pull mm. off a sunset or pull off a, a cityscape and, you know, from the city come down to the arena or something like that. Um, but art, art is pretty limited. Yeah. You know, so uh, the art of what you guys do is not missing the moment. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big piece. And, and I do appreciate those sunset shots totally. and the rack focus. When I see it, I'm like, okay, all right, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. It makes it. It makes it. Uh, it's just another like uh, enjoyment level to watching a sports game when yeah. you're like, there's some like artistic, yeah. you know, interpretation of this shot being implemented as well. Totally. And now with like the impl- implementation of drones mm-hmm. and these beautiful crane shots and all this stuff, then now you're getting really, really pretty shots mm-hmm. where before it was really just on the hard cameras to like give you that shot. Uh, but that's just kind of like the development and yeah. of broadcast and how things have gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One misconception about the broadcast industry that I learned recently mm-hmm. is um, for me, how glamorous it is to be an operator um the the the, so so, that's a good point dude okay it's not glamorous dude so it is rough doing what you do and i have so much more respect for it thank you because i i recently um this year took my first like broadcast gig that was televised i worked for uh pbr professional bull riding phil i went to my first rodeo (laughs) as a texan and filmed it (laughs) so it was literally your first rodeo. it was literally (laughs) my first rodeo rodeo. (laughs) Uh, that's awesome and and i was supposed to film it and like the guy who's on the live headset is like hey now cut to this and i was like i don't know what that is bro (laughs) but but i say all that to say um, the camera operating and stuff is fun. You get a rush while you're doing it, you do, and, yeah. and it's like you're you're in the moment. You don't want to miss it, and it's great. But what gets overlooked is the two days worth of prep to have that like three hour window of of getting to film. Exactly. And I had no idea how much prep went into doing a broadcast yeah. deal. Um, the amount of cables that you have to <laughs> run and how heavy those stupid cables are. Yeah is ridiculous like a simpty cable is not my friend bro. <laughs> and simpty's one of our lighter ones Dude, I, know, <laughs> I know but they have y'all have like 500 foot run cables oh that's small and, yeah. And yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. ridiculous how heavy those things are yeah no that's that's very true yeah so all broadcast cameras are the, the better ones they yeah. run off a of simpty cable yep um and so yeah usually it'll be like 500 feet of simpty to what we call a shed yeah. And the shed kind of powers also the known as a juice box. You can call it a juice box. And there we go. Oh, Look at me getting the broadcast <laughs> learning. He's learning. Um, and so what that does that powers the camera, but it also um, allows the uh, the <clears throat> video signal to pass through it. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it's about it could be thousands of feet of fiber. Right. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah fiber yeah. tac twelve. Um, yeah. Tac cable, and then so that tac runs from the TV truck to the box and then from the box simply to the camera. Um, and so just to give you like an example, uh, in golf, I work a lot of golf, right? Yeah. We run probably 30 miles of fiber. Jeez. <laughs> That's crazy. It is. Un- so, so, so like we, we were at a, a small stadium, like a, a little Coliseum type deal for a rodeo. Yeah. And I mean, ran miles of, of, 
cable. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you get how do you get all that cable there? Yeah. Just so, trucks and trucks. Yeah. So they're there's uh they're on reels, right? Yeah. Mm. And there's they're like they're about fifteen hundred foot um, cables on each reel mm. to two thousand foot. Uh, and then literally there's a, an entire truck, at least in golf, designated to follow golf that you know that supplies all of those cables, uh, all that fiber. Um, it's crazy, yeah. So, dude, it's rough. Yeah, and, like and, I don't feel like I have worked as hard as I have in film almost ever as my little rodeo. Yeah, like broadcast extravaganza. Yeah. It was rough, man. Yeah. So there's there's teams and there's people that are designated to be running that fiber, to be connecting the fiber, um, which I do a lot of. Um, but usually if you're a cameraman, you come in after everything is kind of run. Yeah. Cameramen, I don't want to say they have it cush because – Kind of what to your point. Depending on if they like do the prep as well. Right. Yeah. Or, so, and some will not. do the prep and then some will shoot. But for the people that shoot, when you're shooting camera, it's still very rough. Kind of what Joe was saying, because you are stuck. Mm. You're stuck. You're on you're on a camera. Mm-hmm. And you know, and so and they're really, really long days. You can't um, use the restroom. Yeah, you're, no, yeah, you're not supposed to use the restroom. <laughs> you know, you go before we go on air. Yeah. Um, but TV is hurry up and wait, right? Yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. cinema is very similar mm-hmm. where like we hurry up, we, we get everything done and there's a lot of waiting because we got to do a lot of, you know, preparation and faxing, making sure all the technology works and stuff like that. And so a lot of times like a cameraman will be out on his camera five hours before we'll ever go on air and just sitting out there. And a lot of times it's, you know, you're baking in the sun mm-hmm. or you're sitting in the rain or you're sitting in the snow you know what I mean? And so we don't really have the luxury to like, you know, to say, hey, let's pack this shoot up. Let's, you know, let's do it another day. You know, if it's snowing and it's 15 degrees in Lambo, you're doing that show at 15 degrees in Lambo and you just got to prepare for it. You got to, you know, make sure you're, you're bringing the right coats, the right gloves, all those different things. Well, mm. and not only that, but even like wrap out is i mean i did that that show and i think there were seven broadcast cameras and it took us till four o'clock in the morning to wrap everything out yeah the average the average broadcast day my day is minimum 12 hours yeah yeah so especially on uh setup uh shoot strike days yeah so we're setting up the whole show we're doing the whole show and then we're striking the whole show that's how a lot of nba games are done Mm -hmm. we come in at like Seven in the morning, we we build the whole show. We make sure everything's good by like twelve. From twelve to like five, there's a lot of preparation that goes on within the TV trucks, and graphics, and and all that stuff like that. And then it's a seven o'clock tip off. So by the time tip happens, you've already been there for twelve hours. So people always ask me, they're like. You must love your job. You're going to all these fun games. <laughs> you know, yeah. are, are you watching them? Do you enjoy them? I'm like, I enjoy it, but by the time tip hop happens, I want that shit to be over. Right. With, you know? Right. Right. I want it to be over because I've already been here for 12 hours. Yeah, the overtime is great. <laughs> and and the unions and stuff do protect us for overtime and time and a half and stuff like that. But 12 hours doing anything is just you're tiring you're tired so and that's when your night starts and that's when the night starts yeah Yeah. pretty much Mm. and so at that 12th hour is like when you really gotta kick it into gear yeah and so from 12 to like 14 15 hour 15 you know you're just like 
That's when yeah. you have to be as on as possible, though, while you're operating. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, so when overtime does happen in like actual football or or basketball game or something, yeah. Now all, I'm gonna feel so bad for all the cat mops because it's like <laughs> probably hour 18 for them at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. And they're so, so tired. Yeah, like so. Yeah, usually I think it's like about like hour 10 is like usually when we go on air. Oh, hour, okay. Hour nine or 10, um, and then yeah, and then we do the show, and then afterwards. We gotta get all that stuff out of there. Yeah. Mm. And so you gotta like find another level of energy after that. Right. Because you like you can't just be slacking off and it's almost 24 hour days. Yeah, it, like it's crazy. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not 24 hours per se, but it, it's a good like 16, 15 hour days a lot of yeah. times for Monday night football. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so it takes a certain type of work ethic and passion uh to really, really do it and to do it right and to do it week after week after yeah. week what's the what's the recovery time after because so i've worked some i've worked 18 hour days on yeah. a film set and uh and then had to like a four hour flip and be back on set yeah. again for another That's 15 rough. and it's hard man it, it it that was way back and i think they've gotten a little tighter on your right, turns right um but what what is it like how, how long does it take for you to be ready to go for another day you know yeah, do you have so, any back-to-backs yeah so it just depends on the show mm. if it like i say if it's an nba game and we're doing a full day we do that game and then you know we might not have another day, game for another four days or so okay yeah but like just doing us open us open is the longest days in golf mm. and so we are on air from. But you're also not doing setup every day. Like no, you're you not. Do do, your one yeah, day yeah. So and then yeah, it's so, so like the U.S. Open, for instance, <clears throat> they set up uh, for probably ten days before yeah. coming up to the tournament. Tur- the tournament's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday's championship day. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um. Everything's already set up, and you just kind of get on your camera, but. You're on air from the first tee off to the last group goes into the goes in. So our call times were 4:30 in the morning, and we were on air at 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. at night. By the time we got home off our bus, we were home by like like eight ish or so, and then we had to get back up and do it again yep. at 4:30 in the morning. 16 baby. So U.S. Open is one of the hardest shows I'll work, but everyone does it because. Again, a lot of the overtime, mm. and so that's like we just get paid. And you're on like one of the coolest like yeah, sports yeah. <laughs> things in the world. There's a rush to being on the US Open. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so it just depends on the show, um, but you know, just pre- be prepared for long, yeah. long days. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that was really interesting to me when I did my broadcast piece was just the camera itself. And it, it's actually not a like it looks really. They're like four feet long lenses yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they're big box lenses. They're, they're insane. Like, yeah, and they're like a like a ten millimeter to like what twelve hundred yeah, millimeter like, something yeah, crazy like, 120 like that. Yeah, like one hundred and twenty by lens. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm like I said, I'm not an expert, and I know enough to get me by, but I don't. Sure. I'm not an engineer. I don't know how the yeah. lenses work per se. But yeah, like there'll be 30. There's not a lot of parts to them though. No, there's not. It's just so. They're really simple. So pretty much what a broadcast camera is. Yeah, like a, say a hard camera. It's like a box lens, which would be like 100 100 by lens, 120 by lens. Um, And then you have the camera. And then you have. Your handles. The handles, the attachments that come off it. So your zoom and your focus. And then it sits on a 
a tripod and then there's like a big tripod um, right. head or whatever. So yeah, it's like f- four or five pieces. It takes very little time to do the build out. It's yeah. actually harder just to get it out of the case than it is <laughs> to build it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, I got a question. So you just said focus, and I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, in cinema, we're shooting, you know, wide open in these tiny T-stops. Yeah. Like, what – but surely – like, and I've seen that in football, actually, recently, you know, with the, the gimbal ops. You know, we've got, like, this really, you know, yeah. bokeh, shallow depth of field. Mm. So – What's the kind of go-to, like, when you did the PBR? Like, what's the, is, are y'all shooting, like, 5.6 or, you know? Okay, what? yeah, so <clears throat> that's one of the biggest differences in broadcast. Servo. Yeah, exactly, servo. We don't we don't choose what uh, we're shooting at. Mm-hmm. So everything is live to the truck, and inside the truck there's uh, there's people called – they're called video guys. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing, they're shading the cameras, they're, they're – um, Changing the ISO, they're changing uh, uh, the yeah, aperture. Yeah. So they're doing it all in the truck because, as when you're shooting live sports, you can't be doing right. all that right uh, together. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a huge team process that goes on, um, and so the people in the truck are making sure that everything that all the pictures of each camera match each other they're mm-hmm. they're they're similar to an ac in some ways where they're like you're really not worried about the focus too much no on, no, no we are worried about the focus so oh, you are yeah so a broadcast cameraman his job is to zoom focus and shoot got mm-hmm. it um and it's the video guy's job to help get that lighting right mm. for critical focus there you go he's in the truck doing it live to help us make sure that we can hit our critical Okay, because I was going, man, I would I would be so stressed trying to hit all of those things all at once, but it makes sense. You've got your shader yeah. in the truck. And yeah, then the, exactly, uh, shader, yep. Yeah, and then the servo, I forget about the servo lens, too. That helps big time yeah. as well yeah. uh, with that with that focus, you know, not changing when you're zooming in and out, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the distance on it. So that's, that's awesome. Man, it's a totally... It's different ball Dude, game. it's a different animal. And, yeah. and, and so uh, even as like experienced as I am per se in the cinema side of things, yeah. I went into my my broadcast gig like, dude, I'm going to – I don't know it, but I'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. I was as green as grass, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, I felt, there's terminology, right, that you don't really dude, know. Dude, I didn't know any of the verbiage. I was like, I feel useless. It was a humbling experience, yeah. though. Yeah, It's a different art form altogether, and it, I, it made me have a lot of respect for it, so I'm glad I have that. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, uh, thank you. Thank you for... Yeah, uh, dude. Uh, it's rough. Awesome. Well, I want to I want to transition and get into uh, this small little page you run called Behind the Broadcast, man. <laughs> uh, and so tell me a little bit about this page. All right, let me take a drink before... Yeah. <laughs> is there whiskey in there or is there water? <laughs> so just a quick backstory while he's doing that. I, I met Parker and uh, he told me he has this, this page that runs basically... It's it it shares videos and content that's been created by people all over the world right. in this field of broadcast to and, and he's built something really impressive where he's now got a community of people in the broadcast space that um, he's unified and to my knowledge is one of the biggest unification like yeah. communities of broadcast you know in the social in, sphere in, in the world yeah. And uh, it's impressive what you've built. Oh, thank you. The way broadcast works, uh, it's such a wide uh, spectrum of of things where you have like live concerts, you have live sports, you Mm -hmm. have new, like local news, you have 
uh, national news. You have all these different things. And kind of once you get into those niches, you stay in those niches. Mm. And so what my idea with behind the broadcast was is to unite the network. We all work for a network, but they're individual networks. So I'm trying to create a platform where um, everybody in these niche networks can come together and share and experience and grow and learn together. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I feel like that's like, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very small in infancy right now with the Rough Cut Club, but yeah. that's the thing, like with filmmaking, where there's so many silos and, you know, niche uh, uh, opportunities in the industry of film and media, right? right. Even b bringing broadcast in with filmmaking, yeah, yeah. we had we've had animators on and stuff. So I love your mission, man. Like that's yeah. that's really cool and very commendable to yeah. to do that because it's unification and collaboration yeah. and sharing of that knowledge it's community man it's a it's community that's exactly what i'm building i'm i've yeah. built that's what i've built i've built a community that everybody kind of sees and learns and and wants to be a part of and works together and shares their shares their stuff there's there's a lot of secrets to behind to to broadcast um and you know there's stuff that needs to be kept secret but at the same time you know there's new technologies always coming out there's new ways of doing things every single day that I think it's good to, to try and spread to the rest of the broadcast world to help them grow. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Even as someone who's not necessarily in the broadcast space, I, you know, joined the community. Yeah. And uh, it's been a cool page. It's, it's one of my favorite pages that I follow. Yeah, Even as you. someone outside of operating, I feel brought into y'all's world where I get to see some of the behind the scenes and right. and cool moments that happen in y'all's industry. Yeah, and that's kind of like definitely like what I was thinking about when I was creating the page um, because I've been asked like, you know, how does your job work, all these different things, but it's really hard to tell and explain. But, you know, it's a lot easier to see through video and through people explaining how it works. Um, and so I thought maybe my page would be very, very niche where it was just people in broadcast that would – you know, take a liking to it, but it's gotten so big where there's a lot of like cinematographer, like I'd probably say like 60% of my following are like people, camera people that cinematographers and people that just find this kind of art interesting that they don't really know about. Um, which is me. Which That's is you. the bucket yeah. that I yeah. follow. It's that collaborative community, you know, yeah. and then looking at some of the posts and I'm a, I am, I'm a new follower. So that one, the 162,000 plus one, that's yeah, me. Thank you. I just joined. I'm super stoked <laughs> to check out the page. It looks awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did it get started? So this is how it got started. Um, we all remember COVID. Mm, <laughs> yes. COVID put us out, a lot of us out of jobs, mm. out of work. Especially in what y'all did because all live events got All live events. Down. And what's live events without, you know, hundreds of people coming together yeah, to make, put right. on these live events. Right. Um, I will say though that they there was a there was a season when the events and it was a small window of time where the the sporting events and stuff still happened and they had fake fans yeah. in the crowd. Yep, yep. Like I remember the pop-up cardboard people so, to it, make it oh, not geez. awkward. You nailed it. Yes. You, you nailed it. We haven't even talked about this and you nailed it. I love it. <laughs> uh, so I was in COVID. Uh, I'm like a workaholic. I I go kind of crazy if I'm not doing something productive or working and stuff. And so um, uh, COVID happened in like March. And then sports were finally came back kind of in full like July, August of 20, it was 2021, 2021, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. that. That was COVID 2021. So. Um, and so the sports came back, 
The fans did not. Yes, mm-hmm. dude. And so I remember such an awkward moment in time. Um, I was working the U.S. Open of tennis, uh, and this is in um, August, and uh, I'm it's the it's the finals, the World Finals um, of or the championship of tennis, and I'm sitting in this giant arena, and it's completely empty. That's insane. And it's just me. I'm a, I'm a utility at the time. It's just me. Which will you quickly explain what a utility is for people? Okay, that don't yeah. Know? Sorry, if you don't know what a utility is, utility is kind of like an AC or, or a camera assist. Um, but what a utility really does in broadcast, you know, all the cameras are connected by cables for the most part, unless it's RF. Um, but the, so they're connected by cables, and so it's the utility's job to wrangle those cables. Mm-hmm. Over under, over under, over under. It's the only way to do it. Don't wrap over over. <laughs> um, awesome, thank you. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. So that's what utility does. Utility uh, wraps the cable for the cameraman so he doesn't trip, and mm. and he kind of guides the cameraman because his cameraman's in his lens, right? Yep. So, um, so I'm a utility on the biggest stage in the world for tennis, um, and I'm looking around, and there's no fans. There's a lot of cardboard cutouts though. <laughs> so weird. And, and there's like virtual. We have virtual fans at the time mm. where people were live zooming in. And they were like, we had like an LED board, and they were like, I don't know if you remember, like little squares where people were, yep, yeah. people were t- like watching, I guess. Um, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, this is so weird. And I, so I created this idea called Sports with No Fans, and I have a network of of buddies, close friends that we all work in TV, and I realized, hey, we're the only ones in these arenas. Let's kind of share what weird stuff is going on mm. with sports and no fans or with, you know, you know, uh, yeah, sports, and no fans. So kind of got with my buddies and and uh, we just started I created the Instagram and we just started sharing us in these arenas like like um, urinals, like being like saran wrapped completely shut. So you can only use one. You know, you have to mm-hmm. like skip a urinal, you know what I mean? Or or, you know, or uh, fa- drinking fountains that were saran wrapped because you can use a drinking fountain or. The cardboard cutouts were huge, um, and so yeah, so we just started doing that, and um, and started growing a following. People like thought it was kind of fun, and so uh, I was at like ten followers for uh, forever, <laughs> <laughs> and then it went to like fifty, and then it went to hundred, and then it went to like a thousand, and I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. Um, and then uh, the fans came back, right, and uh, <laughs> I did one post. Um, where I was like, I, where I showed a cameraman, uh, operating a handheld and, uh, and I already had kind of the following and this post, this went viral and this was still sports to no fans at the time. And so it went from like 1000 to like 4,000 followers just off that one post because sports center picked it up nice. and reposted it. Nice. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Um, <clears throat> and then it just went completely dead and like the fans came back and, and I was sports no fans. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, and so I started like playing with ideas, and I came up with behind the broadcast. <clears throat> um, and so it was behind the broadcast for about two months, and then I went to work the uh, the NBA All Stars in Cleveland, and this changed everything. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a big believer in like, you know, you have to take advantage of every opportunity you can get. You know, if when opportunity presents itself, go after it. Um, you know, don't you know? Don't hold back. Don't be too shy. Um, and so I'm I'm um, at the NBA All Stars, and I get caught in a video and behind the scenes video of House of Highlights, 
And so I go home that night and I look at House of Highlights and I'm like, oh shoot, there, there I am in the background of a video. And I remembered who, was, who had the phone. And so I went to her the next day and I said, hey, uh, do you run the House of Highlights page? And she said, yeah, I do. And I was like, can I pitch you something real quick? I just want to show you something. And so I showed her what behind, what behind the broadcast was. And she's like, oh my God, this is amazing. She gave me her personal phone number. And I was like, I'm going to do a video of this cameraman up top today. And he's got a, um, a crank zoom and he's zooming for the three-point com- uh, competition. Uh, and uh, I was like, I would love to share it with you. And she said, yes, please share it with me. So I did the video. Um, I shared it with her. And then she reposted it on TikTok. And on the House of Highlights TikTok, it had more views than any of the actual NBA All-Star uh, content that wow. whole week. And so that's when I knew I had something. And so um, I went from, so House of Highlights posted it. And next thing I knew, every single page, cinema pages, r- random pages were posting it. And so it went from like 4,000 followers to like 19,000 followers Whoa. in like three days. That's awesome. Wow. And I just remember it was like, it was so crazy. And so, um, and then it just kind of, once I had that 19,000 followers, I just kind of kept building it and building it and reposting stuff and sharing posts and creating this community and building this community and talking to people. My wife wanted to kill me because it was all that I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was actually, I, I run it anonymously um, because I didn't want behind the broadcast to become a distraction to when employers like ESPN are going to hire me to come work Monday Night Football. They want to hire me for Monday Night Football because I'm there to work for Monday Night Football, not because I'm there to work mm. for behind the broadcast. Mm. So I was anonymous for forever, and I still haven't shown my face until today. We're going to put a, uh, like a giant <laughs> going to blur his mask. face. Yeah. 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 Smiley face no, uh, I, on the video. What I want, you know, marshmallow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like a, like a, a simpty bar square yes, over my head. It, bro. There you go. There That's you go. That's branded. Been, that would have been really cool. It'd be like Sia where she like never showed her face. Uh-huh. Just grow your hair yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been really cool. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So then... Yeah, I just started building this page and and um, and stayed anonymous, and then here I am today talking with <laughs> wow. you guys. So so as because uh, a lot of people are you know they want to grow on Instagram and, and and whatnot, and I feel like getting the snowball built initially is like the hardest piece. Yeah. But once you do it, kind of like you know snowballs from there, if you will. Yeah. How hard was it to go from nineteen to hard? Like, yeah. Really hard, actually. Okay. Yeah. So I hit that 19,000 followers and I'm like, oh, I got something. It's a proof of concept. Yeah. Um, and I and I had that one video to kind of just keep propelling me forward. Right. But um, one video can't do it for you. Sure. You know what I mean? So it was just constantly like searching for new stuff, new content, staying on top of the trends um, and engaging with your following. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you... And, and like the way I really built it was through stories, Instagram stories. Mm. Um, so what I did was I wanted every people to share from around the world um, their experiences. So you know, all you have to do is just tag behind the broadcast in the video where you're working. So let's say there's a cameraman in Germany, and he's filming I don't know some uh, soccer match or something. So he literally just on his phone like. He's probably going to, you know, put it on his own story anyway, so you might as well tag behind the broadcast. 
And so he would tag behind the broadcast, then it would come to me, and then I would reshare it on my page. And it's a lot of work to just review all of the people that tag. Especially now. Uh, especially <laughs> now. It's like almost a full-time job just yeah, to curate yeah. all the content coming in. Yeah, every, every morning I wake up to like at least 20 messages because it's worldwide. Yeah. And so while I'm sleeping, mm. the other side of the world is, is awake is and awake doing stuff. Doing yeah. stuff, exactly. So um, I try not to like like swamp the, the sure. feed with with bad stuff. So yeah, you yeah. have to you have to filter through every video and make sure, okay, this yeah. is cool. This is really cool. Uh, this is not going to make it, right. you know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's constantly, I have to stay on top of it. And, and do you have like a separate like strategy to grow it now than maybe you did like when you were first kicking it off? Yeah. Um, so now like I've moved into the whole merchandise play. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. It's cause I started doing stickers at first and then I really knew like, wow, like this community is really, really cool because they're buying my stickers and I'm getting orders from Japan, the Philippines, Argentina, Texas, California, New York, Switzerland, everywhere. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is, this is something really cool. So uh, I did stickers, I did pins kind of behind Joey's head. You can see some of them. Um, and so the merchandise and, and I have plans this month, probably or this month or next month, once my website is finished, um, to drop some summer merchandise as well, which Love is, it. which is, uh, shirts and hats. Um, well, one of the brilliant things that you did when we connected at NAB, like he was, he was handing yeah. them out to everyone, like everyone knew BTB yeah. at NAB and, uh, he created this tool that's a universal tool that all camera people utilize yeah, cinema broadcast doesn't matter you, yeah everyone, everyone needs the tool it's just it's really just like a flathead tool yeah you, you can grab it right there yeah yeah, show you. yeah let me see this yeah oh, i'm gonna grab you have a yeah you have a tripod plate anywhere yeah <laughs> it, yeah it, it's really for any sort of tripod oh, plate it's man. a flathead that basically you keep on your keychain that you can always tighten down you, your tripod you plates always are. need that how always. many times do you like oh i gotta i keep a quarter a in my qu pocket keep a quarter. that's exactly yeah. what it is so right here before this tool everyone kept a quarter on your pocket but how often do you not have change on you right. do you not have like use it for parking man and yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah or you don't have your house key some people right. use a house key but when you use a house key you strip you can, the screw right mm -hmm. um so I or you can damage the key or you can damage the key yeah then you can't, <laughs> then you forget can't the drive on i want to get into my house <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um and so i came up with this tool where uh you can you can use it you, you can take it to the airport you can um you know, you can always clip it on your lanyard or your belt loop, and you can always have it on you because, like, like you said, it's so often where you're tr like you're in the middle of a shoot or something, yeah, and your tripod is loose and your camera's loose, and you know it can throw off your whole shot totally, and you don't have any anything to screw that down. So I came up with this tool. I knew I had a audience. Yeah. That was the mm -hmm. biggest thing. Mm -hmm. I I had the stickers, and I knew I it was like. I have an audience to sell something. What what does this industry need? What yeah. you know that's simple. I can mail it anywhere I want, and so I came up with this. And what it is, it's pretty much just. I went to a, a machine worker, um, and uh, he cut out a thousand of the of these these molds, basically out mm -hmm. of metal, and I designed it so that it fits its exact dimensions of it as an AirTag. 
And so this is a AirTag dog collar. Mm. And so what I do, I cut out the bottom of it, and then this slips into it like this, because I knew I I knew I wanted to, it to be a keychain. Yeah. Because if it's not a keychain, you might as well have a quarter on you. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. So I so it's got this nice rubber fitting on it, and then I got these stickers made. Um, I got these stickers made for it, and uh, and yeah, there it is, the BTV tool. So I love awesome, it, man. Dude. It's awesome too because you you know like so I listen to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts. Yeah. Uh, how I made this. And and so you all of them find the gap in the industry that right. needs to be filled, and it's literally like I think every when Joey actually told me about you and this tool, and I was like, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard <laughs> yeah. in the industry. And it's it seems so simple, it's but so nobody did simple. it. Right? It's yeah. so simple. Yeah, it's no, great, man. No, I hope you sell a million of those. Yeah. Things. So yeah. when I first launched them, I did like two thousand dollars sales in like, like like three days maybe four days and we're at nab yeah you were at nab and you were he he met me and he's like bro i just launched this and i've already sold like fifteen hundred dollars yeah yeah it was huge at nab because um you know just creating a product blunder of mine i made the the first ones uh without stainless steel Mm. And so they rusted. Which I which I have which that have, prototype. Yeah. Now, now you, now you, I got you. No, I wasn't going to uh, bring it up, but I was like, my tool rusted, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But glad, there you go. There you go. Exactly. So I handed all those ones out at NAB because I was like, I don't want to sell these. Yeah. Um, just to get just to get the name out and get you know get the tool. I'm out glad there. you got a V2 going already though. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah. So then uh, now like I wake up overnight sometimes. And it's like oh, you have three hundred dollars in sales. I'm like. I just made more money than I did in podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it just depends on how hard I push I push them and I post about them. But dude, they're selling. They're like, brilliant, bro. So where can where can listeners right now? Where can they go uh, get these? Yeah, so you can get these on um, the website www.behindthebroadcast.com. Okay. Or uh, just go on the Instagram because you know hopefully you already follow the Instagram. Click on my shop and then you'll see it in the shop. It's really it's simple. Perfect. Uh, they're seventeen fifty. Um, which you know, some people say is a lot, but they're selling like crazy, and it's really worth it. That's I've awesome. lost more quarters than that. Right, so, right, right. You know, that's, that's <laughs> seventeen fifty is great price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So can we can we like run a special like like fifteen percent off if you use promo code yeah, Rough Cut? No, well, yeah, we definitely can. Hundred percent can. Right, promo code it. Rough Cut. 15% off on uh, any BTB tool. Love it, bro. That's dope. Love it. That's well, dope. Dude, you have built a community that you should, one, be super proud of. Um, and it's an honor to just have you here in the studio with us. But one, just want to applaud you for for bringing the camera community together. Oh, thank you, man. You know, one of the things that we're passionate about is, is really doing the same thing. And we're in our infancy stages of doing that. Yeah. But um just providing opportunities like this podcast, like your Instagram page to unify the community is is an important thing that I think helps other people build um, their careers right. on. And so you'll never know the impact uh, that you've had on all the individuals just by unifying and inspiring and yeah. just bringing enjoyment Dude, to. that's honestly one of the my favorite things about Behind the Broadcast is the opportunities that I'm creating for some of these people. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, the money's cool, and I'm making a little bit of it, not life changing. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really cool. Like when someone DMs me, or I ran into this kid uh, last year working Monday Night Football. I think I was in Arizona, and 
and he saw I had some stickers. I was handing them out, and he goes, "You're behind the broadcast." I said, "Yeah, yeah. What's up, man? My name's Parker." And he goes, "Man, like you really changed my life." He's like, "I didn't really know what I was gonna do, and I actually found your page, and uh, it's really helped me in broadcasting." And I was like, "Whoa, That's like awesome. like this is like so cool because I'm helping people, yeah. you know, and." Be careful what you wish for because yeah. it's a grind. Yeah. <laughs> it's a grind. Right. But, I mean, but if you do it right, you can make decent living money and um, and, and it's enjoyable. Like yeah. I make my own schedule. Uh, I work the shows that I want to work. Um, it also, you know, it came through a lot of experience and time, but that's kind of like where I am now in my life is like, I'm very grateful that. I can be like, no, I don't want to take that show because I have this show coming up, you yeah. know? And so it's, it's, it's a lot of life balance. That's why I think the following has, and the community has really grown and built because they see the passion that I have in behind the broadcast to help grow it and build it. And so it's not like they're being sold anything. They're, they're not like being forced to learn anything, but they're just enjoying the process and they're enjoying my passion that I'm kind of sharing through social media. Um, and, and that's what helps it grow. And it, as, that, as that kid said, man, it's changed people's lives, man. And that's like the most fulfilling yeah. aspect. Dude. Yeah, so yeah. congrats, man. We Well, thank you for doing that, man. And, yeah. and like Joey said, you know, we hope that this podcast unites all the film industries, you yeah. know, and so we're going to take some pages from your book, you know, yeah. that's why we're asking you about the Instagram stories and yes, all that. Sir. That's great, man. Yeah. Thanks for sharing the knowledge that you know and the experience that you've you put in the grind and work yeah, thank uh, you. To, to create that community. Yeah, unite the network, man. Yeah, unite, unite the network. network. Uh, Hashtag unite the network. That's I, great. I do have one more thing to say about behind the broadcast. Um, so like I said, I'm doing a summer drop for for t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, but now I'm really transitioning behind the broadcast from a social media viral video page to an actual business. Nice. Um, so I'm getting sponsorships by companies within broadcast that want to try and grow their brand. They want exposure for their new, their new technology. Um, so I'm trying to do sponsorships. Um, I'm putting together a newsletter. This is going to be part of the, the new website where, you know, in the newsletter, we're going to do promos, but we're also going to do like uh, what we, you know, what happened in broadcast this month, the biggest things that happened, the biggest releases, uh, things like that. And so we're going to try and build the community through the newsletter as well. Um, we're going to do more collaborations just yesterday, an NFL team, I won't say the name of the NFL team, reached out to me through DMs. I was like, no way. Why Why is this NFL team with 2 million followers reaching out to Behind the Broadcast? Uh, but they're like, hey, we want to do a collaboration with Behind the Broadcast. And, um, and uh, he's like, can we you know, set up a time to talk and meet? So I have a, a meeting set up with them tomorrow. So sick. Uh, so it's just... It's just continuing to evolve, and I couldn't be happier um, because so much f time of mine has been put into this that I never got paid a dime for. It was mm. all free money, free time, and I'm finally starting to see the benefit of that sweat the, equity, The bro. benefit of the sweat equity. I love it's beautiful. it, beautiful. Well, dude, the future is looking bright for you as an operator in broadcast and the behind the business page and really the, I'm sorry, behind the business? Behind the, business the broadcast of. business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got tongue twisted. Yeah, no, there's a lot of play, play on words. Behind, behind the broadcast, behind yes. the business, behind the broadcast, behind the broadcast, Whoa. podcast. I love it. So following, if you if you guys enjoyed this and if you guys really like this, um, 
uh, I'm going to do a couple polls and see if you guys would be interested in me hosting a, a behind the broadcast podcast, um, bringing on camera operators, EVS guys. Who, those are the replay guys, um, producers, directors. Uh, there's so much in broadcast to talk about. So much. Um, and so uh, I would love to try and use my platform to try and spread more of that so knowledge sick, by man. the experts, not just me, because I'm no expert. Yeah. I know enough about everything, but I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> you got my vote. I would definitely listen and tune in for that podcast. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. Thank so you. I'll, I'll be watching for the poll. Yeah, man. Well, there's five questions that we ask every guest before we wrap them out. Right. And I want to I want to jump into them. You don't know them in advance. But uh, in your career, if you could go back and do one thing differently, differently. what's something that you would do do I couldn't even read that question. I was trying to <laughs> like improvise it. I like didn't even What's say something the question. I would do differently? Let me try reading it this time. Okay. What is one thing you would do differently if you could do it all over again in your career? Um, you know, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. In mm. our our trials and tribulations and our f ups, yeah. um, you know, make us a stronger person. Um, but maybe it might just go back to the beginning of my career when. Um, I was pretty cocky and like, you know, uh, thought I was the, sh the shit for the most part because yeah. I was working for Monday Night Football as a runner, as a PA. Um, and I think I may have like partied a little bit too much and I, I slacked off. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't fully invested in the job. Mm. Had I been invested in that job, I'd probably be a producer <laughs> right, right now or something because yeah. that's kind of that that path of runner like when you're a production runner you go production runner to like production coordinator and all these different things um but it also was because i didn't have a passion in that right mm -hmm. right so you know I, I slacked off in that but it, it led to a new road yeah it's love good. it man yeah we try to give people uh, a little bit of just things that we would do differently if we could do it all over again to spare other people from some of that heartache that we've oh, brought yeah. upon ourselves. Yeah. And so I think, you know, even going back to my college days and looking at some of my peers or some of the decisions that I made, I think one of the key indicators of where you're going to go is how seriously you take it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not willing to work hard enough for it, somebody else is. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and this is a both of our space is very competitive. Yeah. If you're not on your P's and Q's, if you're not staying on top of your of your craft, someone's going to take it. From someone's going to take it from you. And there's that job gone, and you know, and then you get, you're looking for the next job. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. you're spending more time looking for work than working. Right. So mm, uh, that's, that's good. I'll ask the uh, next one yeah, since yeah, yeah. you had trouble reading. So uh, <laughs> stab. What excites you the most about the current film industry or market? Uh, dude, I mean, just the technology. Obviously, um, you know, with artificial intelligence mm. and, uh, you know, this whole this whole new movement of like 4D and 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 uh, and VR and all these different things, who knows how we're going to be watching yeah. video in five years from now, 10 years from now. I mean, we might all have. You know, we might all be wearing, you know, a, a the Apple goggles. <laughs> uh, the Apple goggles, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Please no. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm I'm most excited and scared yeah. for that because it's going to change our craft completely. Um, Piggybacking on that, how has AI like made a splash in 
your industry? Because I know how it's affected ours, <laughs> yeah. but what's it done for broadcast? AI really hasn't done much in broadcast. Okay. Not yet. Um, you know, there's amazing graphic systems out there that may be, you know, be using some type of AI, but AI has not come into broadcast where it's like taking jobs or doing anything like that. Um, AI came into my life with behind the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, I went to college, but I'm not the greatest writer. So chat GPT, chat GPT, baby. You know, you know, when, when I've got these important emails to write to these companies that want to spo do sponsorships, I'm like, all right, chat GPT, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's check it out. Let's revise it. Let's work it out. But honestly, it's helped tremendously. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we use the technology. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we, we did an episode, uh, before this, um, where it's something to leverage and not be afraid of. And so if you can use it as a tool in your tool belt, I mean, more power to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, next question is, what is one piece of advice that you can give to filmmakers yeah. trying to grow in their craft or I their love business? It. I love it. The number one thing to me is stay passionate, show, show you want to be there, Show up on time. Mm. It is not hard to show up on time. And that, and at least in broadcast, I'm sure it's very similar to you guys. 60% of being a good broadcast worker is showing up on time and showing up with a, the right mindset. You're not drunk or hungover. <laughs> like, you know, you mm -hmm. think, or high. Or high. You yeah. think it's like such an easy concept, but it is probably the number one thing that separates the good workers from the bad workers is showing up on time. Yeah. And if you're not early, you're late, right? Yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Dang, dude. Yeah, it's definitely very similar. And don't no. turn down work mm. unless you there's a good reason for it. Don't turn down work because you don't want, you know, you don't want the job or you don't want to do it. I'm fortunately enough like I'm kind of in in a position in my career where I can turn down work, but it's because I have work coming up and stuff like that. But when you're getting in the industry, yeah. Or, and, you know, when you're getting on shows like or different gigs for you guys, mm -hmm. take every single gig you can get because you never know where that gig is going to lead you. And you never know who you're going to meet on those gigs. Yeah. Preach. Could, couldn't yeah. say it better if I wanted to, man. Some of the best opportunities in my career uh, or people that I have met that have helped elevate my career have came from gigs that I didn't want to take. Exactly. Yeah. Very true. Um, where are we as an industry headed in filmmaking or broadcast yeah. right now? Uh, and what should we be focusing on? Oh man. Um, I mean, we, you and I were both at NAB. Yeah. Everything just seems to be cloud-based and everything is becoming simpler and simpler and simpler. Um, so I think it's just really knowing your craft and evolving with that technology like GoPros are doing, you know, most of the things that, you know, uh, your your normal camera used to be able to do, you know what I mean? They're shooting at 4K, they're shooting at 120 frames per second or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I just think it's, you know, and, and there is going to be a desire for people that do know the older stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't know, I think maybe just like staying 
within yourself, within your craft, but also evolving with some of that technology. Yeah, yeah. There, there, you really have, as fast as technology is moving nowadays, it's really easy to get left behind. Mm -hmm. um, especially like in our line of work, like cameras are coming out every few months. Yeah. We have new lens companies on the rise. We have new tools that are making our job easier. Right. New ways of distributing films that are getting easier. And so like being on the forefront of learning that tech totally is going to keep you relevant in this industry. Yeah, exactly. You have to stay relevant. If you're not yeah. relevant, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. Um, Who is one filmmaker that you admire and why? One filmmaker that <laughs> I know you're in uh, broadcast, so it's different. But yeah. Is so, there... uh, this is not going to have anything to do with art. Sure. <laughs> um, it's actually an opportunity that has been presented to me in the last couple of weeks where Michael Bay reached out to me. <laughs> well, my, my, Michael Bay and his partner, um, they have a company in Santa Monica that helps influencers and um, professional athletes and people like that help grow their brand. Um, and, and they have like a whole new idea of where television and, and video is going, where, um, where like they want to try and start I don't know, like a revolution, I want to say maybe, or like where you buy a video, like say, let's say someone has to pay for this content, this mm -hmm. podcast, but it's, but it's paired with a t-shirt or, or a BTV tool or something like that. So they're trying to, so they're trying to create like this network and they're actually writing me up a proposal right now. I haven't agreed to anything yet. Um, but that's kind of like where they're going is like, it's paired merchandise with content. Um, and so Michael Bay is the owner of the company along with this other guy. Um, and so, like I said, it doesn't have any art, no yeah. creative, but I respect him, Michael Bay for, you know, having that opportunity for me, maybe. I love yeah. it, bro. No, that's super cool. <laughs> well, I mean, filmmaking is the, you know, it's the balance of art and business, you know, it right. really is. So but I see, you know, that that is somebody that. I love the business side of it. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I, I I love the art and the business side, yeah. but that's really cool that an artist, you know, and you're an artist yourself and that, you know, maybe there is this new movement on the business side, mm, right? Exactly. That's exciting to be a part of. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of, on, I may be on the forefront of that. That's awesome. Uh, which could be, yeah, it could open up some huge doors. But other than that, who's the director that... Uh, it's like been like a trendy thing, like where it, like everything's perfect and it's like really pretty. Wes Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, Wes, I, like, <laughs> I, I like Wes Anderson just I love because it. I love you know it's very like it's just so symmetrical, perfect. symmetrical, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, an auteur for sure. Very, one very of my, unique. One of my best friends, Patrick. He just did a uh, he had a wedding in Greece that we went to, and he went from like Greece, like Spain, to a couple different other countries, the Malfi Coast. And he did a full Wes Anderson. I love it. Like, thing. Wet, dude, that's so uh, and it, epic. it turned out so good. Patrick, you killed it on that one. <laughs> so awesome. So man. I like Wes Anderson. I love it, bro. <laughs> well, uh, bro, thank you so much again for your time yeah. coming into the studio, dropping gems all day long. Uh, we commend you on what you're doing in the film industry, unifying uh, just the broadcast space and bringing uh, guys who are not in the broadcast space together as well. Yeah. So thank you again for your time today, and we appreciate you coming out, man. Thank you, Rough Cut, for having me, man. It was a true honor. Like I said, this is my first time ever doing something like this, first time being in front of the camera. Um, 
put my name in front of behind the broadcast. I hope I didn't make myself look like an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, dude, it's just an amazing experience, and hopefully, you know, we can come back. I can come back on again, and Love it, man. we can do a follow up. And um, Let's do it. And I mean, you guys, your guys' platform is awesome as well, and, and it's going to continue to grow. Don't get discouraged, like if you're not getting the views you want, because it just takes one interview. It takes one viral video to go nuclear. Yeah, and um, and then and then it's it's fun after that. I love it, bro. Well, we appreciate the encouragement, the love, and again, you just coming out and taking time to do this. So this has been a really awesome episode of the Rough Cut Club. Thank you again for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you.